First of all, good morning to whoever are joining us from India. And of course, this is another episode of the podcast from the F1 India community. My name is Rohan, and today with me to discuss and break down the Monaco qualification yesterday are Aryan, Mihir, and SJ. Man, there was an awkward end to quali yesterday. Charles winning it on the swimming pool chicane. Any words on that, Aryan? Uh, I think uh, a lot of people are calling this a very deliberate act. I don't know why. I mean, we just saw him just you know overdoing it at the second last chicane. uh but mm-hmm. i think it was out and out it was a very stupendous lap you know he got the tires and the working temperature and he got it done 1103 i i don't have any complaints or any anything against charles leclerc it was just a beautiful lap from the ferrari which has not been performing at its mm-hmm. optimum over these last few races they had a they had a bad 2020 and for them this qualifying p1 would be a horrible i mean just yeah i mean for them this pole is just more than a pole it's like a super pole literally you could say so yeah that's for charles man well but i i actually agree to that you know people are people have been complaining that it's a deliberate act from ferrari and what not but for once i i actually don't agree with people and i would like to say that uh, he was actually on a hot lap and it's actually very easy to bin and in we have seen in the past that uh, uh, i th- i guess in 2017 or something max also bin uh, bin his car in the same chicane in the swimming pool chicane only coming from the swimming pool chicane going towards raskas uh, mihir what do you want to say is it becoming something controversial um definitely it was controversial uh, we all know how much pole is important of uh, in monaco like pole almost more than 60 to 70% confirms your win if uh, your team plays strategy well and you get a better start you have high chance of uh, finishing p1 in the race so yeah pole is very important and uh, that's why that is main of the one of the main reason that uh, uh, such thing becomes controversial but uh, yes as far as i know that was not at all done deliberately by charles or by ferrari at all uh if they would have if they would have wanted to do it deliberately they would have crashed somewhere else uh unko pata hai ki gaadi ka kitna damage hua hai right now uh we also don't know gearbox needs to be changed or not or uh, chassis needs to be changed or not and uh, if dono mein se ek bhi change karna padta hai agar to kafi heavy penalty milegi so they know the cost so of course they wouldn't do it deliberately and uh, it was just an incident and we have seen couple of many drivers other other drivers who have done the same mistake there even latifi did the same in i think free practice so yeah that's what my point is man i actually feel bad for me poor mixture maker couldn't even go forward for qualification sg any comments for mick yeah um, firstly good morning to everyone uh, good morning whoever is uh, all the all the fans of F1 and F1 India community, thanks for your support. Uh, for the Mick Schumacher, yes, I do feel uh, a little bit low. You know, this would have been his first Formula One qualifying in Monaco. Giving that, uh, all the focus would have been him giving a good score or a good qualifying position for Haas, uh, specifically when Mazepin was not doing so good in the Haas car. The focus would have been him. 
unfortunately it was a road reversal this time around yeah that that but, being seen i'm sure the pass would approach the fund technical committee and the directors and the uh, race director to allow him to race for this particular uh, in this particular unfortunate event when they had to change a couple of parts in his car and he could not qualify it's it's very sad to see that also it would be actually the first time when uh, mick would not be able to uh, defeat his uh, teammate in a qualifying session nikita may spin 1129758 uh, of course still last but yeah actually it's quite impressive if, if you see they were not a lot off pace from the number 16 that is your your yukita son yukita sona 112096 sj uh what do you think that could uh, could mespen improve over this season that guy has a talent uh, definitely uh, he has definitely you know there are certain controversies related to him nikita definitely has uh, a talent to, to succeed in f1 uh, he's young uh, take some time and definitely mespen remains uh, reminds me that of Grosjean from 2012 remember in 2012 Grosjean was in highlight for all the wrong reasons and uh, even then back then in 2012 when Grosjean was young and new to formula 1 he had quite a few crashes and uh, he also suffered a race ban in the first season itself which was very new at that point of time he is Mazepin is reminding me of young Grosjean so i always uh, see the positive i'm sure he will improve that has car is definitely not very comfortable to drive okay the guy is doing his best of course uh, he's talented i'm sure next starting next year when has already focusing on pretty good car i'm sure he would definitely have some good car to drive and will definitely some good results all right so you know something that it was even shock, more shocking for me and because this is something that i have literally been praying for and i wish that Uh, even a bit of this could have come true and that is alonso qualifying into q2 so alonso actually got eliminated in q3 and that was actually shocking for me because you know i always believe that the virtuoso has always got that pace in him unme wo hai wo speed ek experience hota hai ek experience factor hota hai he has got that experience factor to qualify over q2 and when he didn't qualify it actually broke my heart So, is anyone here share, sharing the same feeling that I did? That yes, I actually, I was uh, very disappointed to see him. Like uh, the experience he has got, usne bahut time Monaco me race kiya hai. Also, we have seen uh, Sebastian yesterday. He went on to go to Q3. Like in the tight corners of Monaco, needs experience, and that's what Sebastian Alonso have. But Alonso couldn't make it to Q2, and Sebastian made it to Q3. So yeah, it was kind of bit bit of bit of disappointing. Yeah, man. I mean, let's let's talk about Seb Gons. So Seb has got um, two wins. That is a two thousand eleven and two thousand seventeen in Monaco. Now Monaco is a crown jewel uh, Grand Prix, by the way. And each of the time he has got the pole in twenty eleven as well as is in twenty seventeen. Now th- this GP, this year's GP, Monaco GP, it's actually. if you see a bit weird if you say daniel ricardo couldn't even qualify into q1 uh, q3 sorry not q1 couldn't even into couldn't even qualify into q3 lewis hamilton is down in the fourth uh, 
fourth row along with Sebastian Vettel. And both have both are champion drivers. Charles Leclerc coming out with the pole from absolutely nowhere. Ferrari had a Ferrari had a decent pace all all the weekend. Comments, Aryan? Yeah, it's a little different from all the other Monaco GPs. I agree with uh, actually Lewis just getting the setup. I think wrong. Omar Kalu ne bola tha ki setup mein kuch issue hai and Hamilton sab radio pe bahut ro raha tha bechara. And for Seb, I think it's a personal improvement. It's his best ever qualifying position in an Aston. Just shows how he's trying to you know blend into a team with a different machine at this that kind of age. I mean, you have to give Seb's age some credit. So he's getting quickly up to speed in that Aston. That's a good point. That's a positive part on him. And I think one person who you might have missed out, and I want to bring him in the spotlight, is Pierre Gasly, P6, ahead of the two champion drivers. I mean, amazing lap, amazing qualifying for him as well. I mean, Gasly, who directed them perfect working window, pe laake, wo lap to deliver kia on the correct time. Again, Sunoda P18 versus Gasly P6. You know what Gasly's what Gasly's form has been since 2020. Mm-hmm. He's just been in hot form. And uh, yeah, the rest of it has been pretty much covered by you. So yeah, it's a little weird, but I had fun in qualifying. Man, it was weird for every one of us, I think, because neither of us expected. I mean, obviously, when the predictions were asked, I obviously told that Leclerc would might be getting a pole because all we can I did see that uh, Ferrari were clocking high speeds, they were clocking high top speed and everything, you know. So. All that taking into consideration, I did come. I did uh, predict that Leclerc would be taking the pole, and after that, I I predicted that Carlos Sainz would be taking the pole. Now, either of you think that uh, it could have been a uh, sorry, not pole, P two. So either of do you do either of you think that Sainz could have taken P two? Because I, for one, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I personally think Sainz could have taken given the speed of the Ferrari all weekend. I think Carlos. I mean, जब वो red flag भी देखा, तो उसकी radio पे जो frustration थी, वो मतलब बहुत evident थी कि वो either P2 या P3 तो ले ही सकता था. मतलब he should have been there with Charles Leclerc. It should have been a Ferrari front row lockout. मतलब Ferrari just found some pace in qualifying again. I mean. Whether the pace that they showed in practice wasn't fake, it was it was real. It was on the same kind of engine setting and fuel board as the other teams. So I mean, I just feel too gutted for Carlos. He probably could have taken his very special Monaco pole by pipping Charles Leclerc. So I don't know. I mean, for science, I feel yes, he could have been higher up there. Yeah, and actually, it was a very big blunder from Charles. You know, the way he turned in the, into the chicken. I I think he got way, way too over optimistic over that. You know, over ambitious. I would say, yeah. I mean, कुछ जल्दी जल्दी turn कर कर गए वो उसमें turn में chicken में swing push chicken की तरफ जा आज कुछ जल्दी जल्दी turn कर गए जिसकी वजह से उन्होंने inner wall को clip किया और clip करके ही I managed to break his axle. Uh, I mean, suspension, and therefore crashed in the wall. Like, do you think that F1 drivers are going overboard with all these track limits and everything? They are pushing way too hard than required. Um. Yeah, I would like to say that uh, he himself said post qualifying conference that 
uh, yeah he was pushing the limits he wanted that pole so badly in q2 also he was uh, i think p1 so yeah he said he got quite emotional he uh, thought to himself that yes i can get it uh, it is it's his home grand prix so it's very special for him but uh, that error was not just a marginal error i would say उसने काफी जो बोलते ना कि एक दीवार को छू के चला गया ऐसा एरर नहीं था थोड़ा उससे बड़ा एरर था क्योंकि फर्स्ट टाइम ही जो एग्जिट पे उसका राइट फ्रंट टकराया तो इट वाज ब्रोकन देन बिफोर स्टंटिंग इनटू द वॉल सो आई वुड से इट वाज अ मेजर एरर एंड कॉन्सिक्वेंसिस but uh, yeah i think it's pretty common out there in the uh, swimming pool exit corner as i said earlier many drivers have done it uh, previously so yeah well i would uh, like to talk about lando how about how about that lando norris p5 holy shit man that, that was actually an interesting lap from lando norris uh, sj lando norris p5 how about that Oh, in monaco that that boy is some serious talent i am i am just waiting you know by wait kar raha hu ke now out of mclaren ke paas ek mercedes ka engine hai and we all know how good they are in building their chassis around good engine okay unfortunately wo honda ke time pe nahi hua warna honda ka engine bhi acha hai we are already seeing it with the red bull but now we know उटिंग Over here, and very nice, awesome, totally impressed. Very good, yeah. Uh, especially, किसी ने जीवराज जी की भी बात की तो you know just want to highlight this is first Q3. Uh, right. I remember. Peter. I remember. Yeah, I remember in his interview last year when uh, Ferrari uh, signed signs. Jivanath ji was expecting a contract, a call up from Ferrari, and he said that I have not. Justified my talent or my driving that to deserve a Ferrari call. I'm sure he's taking that shit very seriously now. Okay, and he's pulling up his socks and he's doing some really good things. And this season, I'm seeing a lot of improvement in Giovinazzi. I I'm sure he can become uh, he can grow up and do a Ferrari drive sometime. I mean, I mean, if you're if your teammate is Kimi Raikkonen himself, I. and if you are able to defeat a person like kimi then i think you you indeed have got some talent kimi raikkonen i will talk about uh, raikkonen once so how is it that jivanatsi uh, uh, has got the pace but raikkonen hasn't got out in q2 with a score the time of 111.642 How would uh, I, can I can I add something here? Uh, so yeah, basically, sure. I think Kimi has experience. There's no doubting about his experience. The number of times he's raced on this Monaco track is, I think, 
three times more than the number of laps that Antonio Giovinazzi has done in this track. And it's a very, it's an exceptionally difficult track to drive on. You cannot lose your concentration. But I think with a little bit of age on his side, and you know, I've seen Kimi's speed kind of going a little downward since last year. And I think Antonio is just getting the better of him. So uh, it's just that Kimi just can't get the lap together. I mean, if he gets a good sector one, he just makes a slight mistake in the final sector or the second sector. And that just, you know, you know, Kimi has a lot of potential to improve in a one lap pace. But it's just that, you know, he can't hook up three perfect sectors. And if that's the age or that's the setup of his car, that's a little difficult to kind of judge. But yeah, I think Kimi is slightly getting done and dusted. Slightly. I won't just ask him to hang up his boots. But as a personal, as a fan, as a Ferrari fan that I was seeing Vettel and Raikkonen from that level, I think Raikkonen's kind of dropping down in pace. Hmm. Yes, Raikkonen, Raikkonen is dropping down in pace. Sorry, you're correct over here. But then uh, what another point we need to notice over here is that... Um, Age, age is something which is not helping around here, you know, being in the sport for so long, almost 20 years plus, uh, you know, there is a hand-eye coordination which uh, human beings tend to lose over the time, especially when you start to get older and your reflexes get slower and so on. I'm sure uh, Kimi Raikkonen, Alonso, they're all keeping it up very well, but then it is also a factor. I'm sure uh, he's already thinking about hanging his boot, but I really, really, really hope it does not for another couple of seasons. Well, you know, he's the Iceman, of course. I don't think it's coming anytime soon, anyway. You know, Kimi has got some life in him. <laughs> anyway, coming to Daniel and Ricardo, I'm very, I'm very <clears throat> shocked by his uh, very early exit in Q2. I actually expected him to go into Q3, and and it was it came out as a very shocking thing that uh, Lando Norris comes with the P5, and I think uh, in Q2 Lando Norris was around Q8 or Q7, correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, Ricciardo he just qualified P12. Where did he screw up? Uh, I just want to add a quick point here before anyone else can just provide a little input. I just think, you know, with Daniel, it's been two seasons at Renault. You have a teammate that's easier to beat. But here he comes in a new machine, in a new McLaren, against a set teammate, a tough teammate, Lando Norris. And we just have to give him time to settle into the race car. I mean, it's a very different car to drive from a Renault. It's a very different car to drive from a Red Bull. So if you see Renault's first season with Daniel Ricciardo, he was pretty average. And then the next season, that means the last season, 2020 season, he was pretty good. He got he racked up podiums. So, I mean, Daniel Ricciardo needs time to settle. Again, age is a factor which we have to consider as well for Daniel Ricciardo. He's in his 30s. So, obviously, I mean, he's not going to be up to speed in like two races like a young rookie. He's not young. And I think with Daniel Ricciardo, just give him some more time and just believe in him. He's got a good car. He's got a very, very uh, cooperative CEO. He's got a very good race. I mean, he's got a very good boss, Zach Brown. He's very, very flexible. He adjusts. He really loves the drivers. And there's a long-term commitment made at McLaren. So, I think Daniel's just going to get into the groove very soon. But I don't know how soon that's coming. 
But yes, I am very optimistic about Daniel getting back. You saw his pace in Spain. He was ahead of Lando. So there are glimpses of him coming back, but uh, I don't know when will the perfect comeback happen. Mm. Interesting point, Aryan. So um, you... Similarly, I would like to add a point there that uh, mm-hmm. Ricardo has just joined the team. Lando has been there since quite, quite some time. And uh, um, Ricardo is also getting acquainted to new team, new car, new uh, power unit also, I would say, Mercedes. And uh, yes, he, he just needs some time more to um, get there get in uh, near to Lando also, beating him. Uh, also, I think uh, he did once uh, last race. He was P6 and Lando was P8, I think. So, yeah, on his good days, he's very good. And uh, after yesterday's, after qualifying also on his radio, he wasn't able to explain. He didn't have words so, Russell is ahead of Latifi. Anything surprising in that? Any comments? No, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, Russell has been beating his teammate every Saturday. He is known as Mr. Saturday. He hooks up the perfect lap. There's no surprise from my side. I mean, I don't know. My other panelists would want to disagree, but it's just another Saturday for George Russell. Well, you know, I would actually like to add something into this. So, I've always been seeing this that uh, whenever Russell has been uh, has been has uh, got to drive with Mercedes, he has always performed. So, do you think that Valtteri Bottas' seat? Might be in a contention. SJ. Oh, that's a tough question. That's a tough question. SJ, your thoughts on it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my thoughts on that. Thanks, Arjun. By the way, uh, yeah. So my thoughts on that. I don't think so. Mercedes are going to make the same mistake of putting two roosters in the same cage again, especially what happened uh, 14, 15, 16, uh, a breakout between Hamilton and Rosberg. George is young. Like uh, some somewhere I read it that George would be uh, George's performance and everything would be used as a playing card for the negotiations against Hamilton later in the summer this year. So this would be an important uh, building up towards it. But I don't think so. Bota has been replaced uh, somebody by uh, George so soon. Uh, maybe they'll try to make out something in 2022, try to see how it goes by. And it's still a long season to go. You never know what may happen and what may not happen. It's just a fourth or fifth race, uh, fifth race, I guess, uh, in the calendar. So let's wait and see how the calendar performs. So let's talk about the replacements after the summer break, maybe after the Monza. That's where the contracts will start signing out, right? Too early. Too early. And I, I think George also needs to calm himself down, especially after what happened in uh, Imola. So that is also a point to be considered to, for the George being signed with Mercedes. All right. That was quite insightful, actually. All right. So let's talk about uh, Checo Perez once. Uh, great, great driver. Obviously, someone that I absolutely adore watching. 
I mean, I mean, he has got his composed composition, but uh, I don't know. Something just uh, felt off in the yesterday's qualifying. I obviously, I obviously wanted him around P five or P four, maybe. But yeah, he was uh, down in P nine. Comments, Aryan, SJ. I don't need... want to criticize Checo, but I'll do a little subtle criticism of Checo. Uh, I think Checo was uh, all set to be ahead of Lewis, probably Bottas. This was his only chance to prove that that car could have proved to be a heavyweight against the Merck, especially Red Bull fighting so hard with Max Verstappen fighting on Lewis for the World Drivers' Championship. I think Checo, if he's not up there, it's going to be another Pierre Gasly or Alex Albon moment for him where he's replaced at the end of the season. Because, I mean, obviously, Christian Horner signing Checo Perez after his win at Sakir, there are expectations. There are a lot of expectations on him. I understand he's under pressure in a new team. He needs time to cope up. But the reason why Gasly and Albon were threw out of, thrown out of the team was because of the same reason. Because they couldn't get into the groove within a certain time. And for Checo, this is just another disappointing qualifying. He couldn't hook up the lap correctly. He couldn't set up the tires. He couldn't get the optimal sector timing. This was his best chance. This was the best chance of Red Bull, I think, to be to put both cars ahead of at least Hamilton, who was their main challenger. Probably P4 or 5 and then probably challenge Bottas by doing an undercut or something. But uh, I'm just a little disappointed uh, at Checo's performance, to be very honest. Um, I would uh, like to say very well put up, Aryan. Well said. Um, uh, Red Bull want Checo to perform straight away. If he takes some time to grow and perform afterwards, it will be same as Gasly or Arbor. So, Red Bull doesn't want that. They want to be up, be him up there in P2, P3, P4 so that they could fight for constructor championship as well. Max is already in a fight for driver's championship. But they want that constructor trophy as well. So, um, Checo needs to perform. Uh, in yesterday's qualifying, he was out-qualified by Vettel in Aston Martin and uh, Gasly in um, Alpha Tauri. So, um, that's not a small thing, in my opinion. So, he must, he must perform. He should be up there. And we all know that uh, grid position is very much important in Monaco. So, starting P9 in Red Bull is... Uh, not uh, something that Marco or uh, Horner would have expected. Let's not forget one point over here is the same that Daniel Ricardo has a problem adjusting to McLaren or Alonso has a problem adjusting to Alpine. Perez would also have a pressure to adjust to the Red Bull. Remember, he has been driving for a particular team for a long, long time coming from the recent point, previously forced India He'll, he'll take some time to adjust. Uh, it's a new machinery for him. It's new mechanics. Uh, it would definitely take some time. But given the supremacy of Red Bull, what we have, uh, definitely that car is being pushed into Q3, unlike uh, McLaren or Alpine or Alonso and Ricardo, respectively. Helmet Marco or Christian Horner wants that constructed trophy. Now, this is my personal opinion. Uh, with all due respect, uh, if they want the constructor trophy to be in their cabinet again, they would need to give time to a particular driver at least a couple of seasons. If they don't give it to Checo also, then there is serious problems with them in designing that car. 
they're only designing it from perspective of one driver and not for both the drivers. So that's that's something which they need to... Uh, remember last year when Elbon was let go from Red Bull, this particular talk came up that, that Red Bull is not a very good car to drive. I think some of the drivers, I think Gasly it was, who pointed out that thing. If Checo also fails next year too, if he's given an opportunity, then those points of that car not being very comfortable to drive really holds true. And and that brings out to one very important fact that they're only building the car from one perspective only. So that, that is something which needs to be considered, of course, being in Red Bull. The way they have performed previously or uh, they have been quick to change the drivers mid-season, early in the season and what so not so on have been very aggressive. So Checo needs to uh, see it out. But we all know how good Checo is in terms of tyre maintenance, uh, dragging the race from what not position to what not. Shakir being a very good example, P24 on the first lap and P1 in the last lap. This guy is something out of the class. He's, he's an experienced person, uh, unlike what Gasly or Elbon were. So definitely, uh, I, I, I will see a lot of improvement and overtaking from him during that particular Monaco race. All right, you, you told me about overtaking. So let's discuss that. I mean, how do you overtake in a train? That's the question. Because in a Monaco, what happens is a train. So people, so a driver starts forming a train behind the other. So now how would you get out of the train? You, you, you cannot actually. You know the problem is we all remember, we all know what happened in 2018. Uh, Ricardo won the race in Red Bull using after failure of MGUK as well. So it's very difficult. Okay, and uh, you know I, I would just see that a better strategist, a very good strategist, looking after your tires, fuel maintenance. That is the only way you can overtake and grab up the positions. Of course, the safety car is also there. Or, of course, you need to be Max Verstappen. My, I mean, last to last year, that guy literally uh, dived inside. I think it was near the tunnel where he dove. Yeah, yeah. SJ? Yeah. I I think uh, just a little short point to add on is that Monaco does not have many overtaking points. See, if you, if you have a really good exit out of the last corner and you get the DRS as optimal, the only point you can make the overtake is turn one and out of the tunnel. And for that, you really need to, you know, be at the tail of the car ahead. Yeah. So it's very difficult to follow the car. And, you know, the dirty air concept also with the tires getting hurt. So let's say if Charles has some sort of an engine issue where he's nursing a problem like Daniel Ricciardo did. It's going to be very easy for him to defend. He just has to defend the inside line. And he's pretty much sorted for the entire race. He just has to get a good start and defend the inside line on all occasions and get the strategy right. That's yes. all that's needed for a Monaco win. But when it comes to strategy, we are talking about Ferrari. So let's take about the predictions now. Okay, that was sarcastic. But yeah. Uh, so uh, my prediction. let's start by my predictions. So I for one actually think that Ferrari is going to take this win as well. So look, look. Uh, what's happened and yeah I think science I just feel that Mercedes are way too off pace but again it's Monaco 
it's going to be a train so if it becomes a train it's obviously going to be a bore fest and we might be falling asleep while bottas takes p3 so yeah my prediction would be uh, leclerc worst happen and bottas and the fastest lap uh, with worst happen uh, for me it will be uh, charles max and sainz as well that red bull is little difficult to drive sorry that mercedes is little difficult to drive charles max and Mihir. I would think uh, my predictions are if Sal uh, uh, is starting P1, uh, there is no um, gear to box penalty or chassis penalty, then uh, he is uh, he will comfortably get the win. If uh, Ferrari are not screwing up their strategy again, and uh, P2 is surely what's happened, and uh, Science is getting that P3, he has got the confidence around the circuit. He has uh, got. Uh, the pace we have seen throughout the weekend and uh, yes i can th- i think he can beat botas and take that p3 position all right aryan oh, i agree with everyone that charles is definitely going to win the race provided he doesn't have a wheel spin at the start that that's something we can't account for but uh, you know i i feel uh, p2 max again yes there's, there's no stopping the top 2 but i think either carlos or uh, you know lando could snatch a podium here or you know bottas could fall behind because i don't see that merk getting off the line very comfortably and you know uh, carlos is going to get a slipstream behind max and you know he can easily make a nice dive into turn 1 little wide can just block the inside line and i don't think bottas is going to you know maintain p3 so it's either yeah. going to be carlos or lando uh, i'm not too sure about what happens because we need to even account for you know let's say safety cars undercards and different things but yeah one of the mark is not going to be on the podium for me and i think it's going to be either the carlos the red scarlet ferrari of carlos or the brand new gulf livery lando norris well let's hope it it becomes lando norris i mean it would be actually good to have uh, such a young chap in podium But yeah, let's talk about Hamilton and Vettel for once, and then we can close the segment. So yeah, uh, Hamilton down in P seven. Do you think, guys, that he will improve? Uh, I just looks incredibly difficult. I, I'm I'm just hoping Vettel can take Hamilton one as well, because again, the Merc is just ATV is going to struggle because you know it's changes. So the setup is going to be the same. They're going to struggle. Know this. So I don't see Hamilton making a lot of progress. He's got, either he's going to be, or you know, he's going to be eighth or ninth overtaken by Vettel. So it's not going to be a good day for him. The office. I think, gentlemen, with that we have wrapped up all all the things that we could have in this very short session. Obviously, anything is to uh, discuss F one. <clears throat> Any time is uh, really short. I mean, F one is something that we can discuss for hours and hours, and still not get tired about it. So yeah, first of all, thank you so much, S J, Mihir, and Aryan for joining with me on this uh, discussion about the Monaco qualification, and hope that the race fires up and it is not a bore fest. Thank you, everyone from the F one community who are supporting the cause and the podcast. and let's hope we get a good race not a bore fest signing off rohan